0: You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast.
1: Bikes, advice, and
0: rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Enjoy the ride.
2: hello and welcome to the 89th nope hello and welcome to the 99th episode of the slow ride podcast this is tim hayes in orlando florida
0: hey this is matt in minneapolis minnesota
1: and this is spencer back in boston massachusetts
0: spencer it's great to have you back in boston and not next to me
1: it is great to not be next to you little
2: guy i gotta say yep uh, yep. I'd hate to break up this love fest between two of my favorite people in the world and have to bring the party down because even though it yep. being a busy week of cycling, one of our favorite weeks of cycling as the season truly gets started, um, we do have the, the tragic news of the entire week starting off with the Belgian terror attacks in which um, you know, scores of people were, dealt were killed in um, Brussels. And then the lead of an almost cancellation of dwarves to then the uh, death of the 22-year-old Belgian Dan Minhar, who had a heart attack at the Critérium International. And again, I yeah. apologize for saying their names wrong. It's not part of a, uh, a gimmick at this point. And then, obviously the um, the deaths of uh, the death of Antoine Demoti at uh, Gent-Wevelgem of Team Wanty. Yeah.
0: It was yeah, I don't know. It, it was ridiculous and tragic and I don't I don't have anything good to
2: say about it. It just hurts. It does hurt. And it it's kinda hard to like, you know, it's not that you can even really bring up one incident. I mean, there's one incident that obviously has captured the 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 minds of, of people a little bit more within the cycling world because of the recent issues with the motos and, and things like that and we're definitely gonna talk about that. But it, it doesn't mean that you can't pay credence to, you know, either the, the terror, terrorist attack in Brussels and then dwarves yeah. and the, you know, the possibility they're going to be canceling the race because of just safety issues to then the, um, you know, the heart attack of uh, this uh, young rider at the Criterium International, which sounds like he had the heart attack in the ambulance while he was being taken away. He was in an induced, induced coma. And uh, that news has just recently come out, so and he was on a little bit smaller team. But I think yeah. the, uh, the, the, big, the big news, obviously, is to talk about uh, Demo of uh, Team Wanty.
0: Yeah. I did any you know, of you guys see what happened? I've only sort of heard the brief description of this before I tuned in. It didn't sound like it was anything out of the ordinary. It was a fall, and, a, and he was hit by the motorcycle, but it didn't sound like any you know like the motorcycle is doing anything crazy wrong or it was any sort of weird situation and that that's kind of the scariest thing i think is that it's it seems like a pretty normal situation and then it turns out so terribly you know
1: well mm-hmm. uh, it's not you know it sadly it's not the first time somebody has lost their life in a bike race yeah. you know and that's you know at that all those times too it's been you know, par for the course almost where you're like, well, you know, I guess, you know, it's, it's all within the rules, you know, not within the rules. I mean, obviously
0: you go out there and there's risk no matter what, but I, you know, not that it's better if you would die because you like took a turn wrong or something, but it, it is just kind of crazy when it's,
1: you know, well, you know, everybody... it's a
0: regular fall and somebody and you get, you know, right. hit. I mean, well, especially yeah, like Tim's saying, everything with motorcycles in the last yeah, it's couple a... of years, it's been, it's been, we've talked about this before. It's, it feels like there's more crashes involving motorcycles than there used to be. I don't think right. there's any like data on that.
1: But... Well, yeah. And that's kind of the thing is, you know, you, you accept that you're going to careen down a mountain at 50 miles an hour and there's an inherent risk there. You know, people crash all the time. Usually it's yeah. fine, you know, you get a few bad crashes, like, uh, Beloki busts his hip and his career's basically over, and you get, yeah. and but then you get Walter Weiland's who crashes and, and just lands wrong, and, you know, yeah. that's, that's the end of his life, and that's, uh, it's
0: just, I don't know, man, I don't, I just feel like more and more, I know there's always been them, obviously, the Beloki's when we first got into cycling, but, uh. The number of people been hit by motorcycles. But uh, yeah, this was, is What's his I name? Think that the, I, From I, FDG broke seems, broke his neck last year. I mean there's been
2: I I think though that there's a uh, there's the motorcycle crashes that happen when there seems to be a riding incident, right? The the moto is trying to pass the group and the rider comes out and he's attacking and it looks like a you know, issue or the car that took out Hoogerland that was just like an obvious like what what are you thinking about? It sounds like from the news that's been released and then also the team press release on the situation, that this is one of these like just tragic accidents that they're regardless of how we accept the, you know, people will say like UCI, you need to do something about that. Okay. What is the UCI going to do? They're going to make sure they have the most experienced moto drivers in there. It sounds like this moto driver is one of the most experienced people in the race. that has been doing it for decades and yeah. he just had a, you know, incident where he fell on top of, of the rider. That's that's what I've read. And yeah. so the hot takes of, like, getting rid of all motos and you got to do – yes, you got to do something about it. There's pictures on Twitter of during the race when the Russian from Katusha – we'll talk about the actual race later – was out there and surrounded by, like, 18 motos. That's obviously yeah. too many. But I don't think yeah. we can all of a sudden say of, like – a. We can't just throw out motos because of a tragic accident, and it sounds like this yeah. is just a tragic accident. Like no, you don't want to. You don't want to
1: overreact level. in the opposite direction. But there are ways, pretty, pretty simple ways that they could reduce that number. You know, a by number of press passes, but but more importantly, I think is embracing some of the new technology we have, like on bike cameras. Like you don't need thirty five television yes. cameras on the back of motorcycles if you were to utilize on-bike cameras, which would give you better footage anyway. And, and if they can do
2: it for Formula One, like, you would expect that they could do it for bikes. And without a doubt, I I think, Spencer, you're, you're absolutely there. I My only fear is that, like, when you start taking the whole hot takes on a tragic situation, not only do you downplay the death of, like, a rider, but there's also this, like, there are accidents that are inherently going to happen in cycling, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And it's kind of, okay, I like watching bike races that have amazing coverage. And we'll talk also about the the resulting coverage in the, the, the media and, like, how we can go get it and how difficult at times it is to get it. But, you know, man, what a sad story. Like, this is, is his second world tour race. Um yeah. He was scheduled to race this weekend, obviously, um, with Flanders coming up, pretty big deal. And... You know, now he he's no longer with us, and it's just sad, especially for such a small team like yep. Wanty.
0: Yeah. 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 Everything about it. I guess I didn't. I heard today, he, I guess he was in the break at E3. Yeah. I didn't know that either.
2: I mean, yeah. now that's like, you know, it seems like his whole story that he's the classic. Uh, local uh hero right that gets signed to the the next big team and he's working his like dream and it's like a a sad incident and to add that into the way that you you die like like, i can't even imagine like you crash and then this is the outcome so it's very very sad situation yeah yeah
0: i don't know what else to say other than it's i don't know just tragic and feels like crap
2: Well, and uh, with that, I think we should pay uh, proper respects to, uh, you know, those that uh, – this horrible incidents that have happened uh, in Belgium, basically, right, for Belgian cycling. And when we come back from this uh, uh, brief break, we will talk about the actual bike racing and answer some of your questions that you've put in.
1: This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to – the Slow ride podcast
2: all right and we're back and obviously guys we do want to talk about the bike racing because that is our shared passion on the show and it was one hell of a week of racing with the end of um you know Milan San Remo leading into kind of the start of Belgian classic week And we had first the start of uh, Dwarves, which had the classic Eric Zabel impression by French sprinter Bryce Cocard, who pulls up a little bit early. And what happens, little guy?
0: He gets pipped by, oh man, Jens de Boucher? I can never pronounce his name. He's the lotto sprinter. He doesn't win much. And I forget he is exists, he, and then there which, he is. Boom. Which yeah. lotto
2: Which lotto is he on? Is he on uh, he's on the Belgian lotto. So he's on the, the yellow lotto with the balls. No,
0: no, no, the red lotto. So he's not the, the sprinter, no because that would be Greipel. <laughs> no, he's their other sprinter. He's their classic sprinter. Yeah. He's, okay. he's, the, he's their one for dwarves, and like they probably wanted him to be there at the end of Ghent, but that didn't work out. And he'll be there for Snuffleupagus, or whatever that race is, like, I can never pronounce. Schneffen Schnaffe? The All other right. sprinter race.
2: All right, so so that um, was and that was a classic posting up too early. Like yeah, I mean, it was like
0: Card had that I think, but Jens came from way back. Now, did you guys see third and fourth?
2: No. Well, third I know um, from our at uh, Slow Ride Pod Twitter feed yeah. um, that Edward Thunes, fan yeah. of the podcast, he well fan, fan of the pod, he might not listen, but he definitely he, favorites our tweets. He's definitely a huge fan. Got on the podium. <laughs> And we're,
0: we're huge fans of Evertoons. Um, but fourth place, Spencer, you're going to like this coming into some form just in time. People Pazada,
1: you know, I'm not surprised by this, but I am surprised by the amount of grief I got from you guys on the last podcast about, uh, about people finishing, uh, so well at, uh, Milan San Remo. And, uh, you know, I had some, <laughs> some high predictions for him earlier this year and, uh, you know, I just yeah. I'm just gonna sit back here and bask in this glory that I'm seeing in your faces right now.
0: <laughs> Did you? So I read a little interview with his director or something <laughs> post Milan San Remo, who said, uh, "Hey, you know, he got eight at Milan San Remo. That's great." Um, and he was like, "I don't want to draw comparisons, but last time he rode for a team that I, <laughs> I directed when he was at Vini." He got six at Milan, and then he got second at Flanders. So, I mean, I don't want to say anything, but I kind of think—I guess that means he'll get fourth at Flanders. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that what's—that's what that means. If you yeah. do the math, so I,
2: I think that my, my problem with the Pepe though
0: is um, that he's not good like ninety no, percent of the time, I and think then occasionally it's the he's team. good and he's
2: infuriating. I think it's the team. I think that every time now I see like Pepe Pizzato, right? And then it says Southeast Venezuela. I'm just thinking, like, man, I didn't know Southeast Venezuela was, like, such a like important part of that country. Like, <laughs> I'm having trouble differentiating between the two sponsors here that, like, mm-hmm. there's a conglomerate of companies called Southeast, and then it's, like, Dash Venezuela, and it's see, not, like,
1: Southeastern U.S. I don't yeah. even understand how you're even reading the kit. Like, when you see that man, <laughs> how are you seeing anything but his beautiful flowing locks – and his tanned muscly thighs and that glorious tattoo. I don't I don't even understand yeah. where you're coming from.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure and I could be wrong I'm looking through the results. I think people was the only one of his team to finish. He was. The dwarfs, yeah. Which is pretty because crazy. because they left He's the it all out. There. They left it. They probably all started rolled the like requisite 3k to start the race with him and said, all right, uh, see you back it's, at the hotel, people.
2: It's kind of like uh, Sagan's uh, world, uh, world championship team. You know, he's got his brother and then some other guy that probably just hangs out. And then they're mm-hmm. both there at the podium celebration at the end. They're like, hey, thanks <laughs> that for the true. trip. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it was, that was an interesting thing. I actually looked at the, the uh, jumping ahead to gent Wevelgum. I saw a, a breakdown of all the finishers by team. For that race, and of uh, yep. you know, a lot of races finished. A lot of teams finished with you know maybe three or four guys, but a shocking amount finished with maybe one, you know, maybe two, hmm. and uh, Cannondale and maybe one other team that I can't recall That's finished not finished with no so, team members finishing.
0: Man, but Cannondale sucks.
1: The impress <laughs> yeah, the impressive. <laughs> that wasn't my point, but it's okay. you know well noted. Team America. The, the impressive thing is that Eddick's Quickstep, despite, you know, failing miserably during that race, finished yeah. every single member of their team. And yeah, it, it, it just makes, makes you go, attitude. damn, okay, because there there must have been an unspoken, you know, if, if we don't perform well and somebody didn't finish, somebody turned around early and went to the bus, they're going to get castrated. They're going to get murdered well, and left in a ditch in Flanders. So...
2: <laughs> I would like to think that if, if, if we signed up for this race, we would have at least finished. Maybe we wouldn't be in the results. Like, maybe if yeah, oh, no. we, we make that But we would at least, like, I, dude, I'd I'm be, finishing this race.
1: I'd be studying the map of the course and figuring out where exactly I could turn right to head back to the start. So I, you know, got to all the camera points at the tops of climbs and well, then, like, went so back.
0: this <laughs> brings up a good story. Did you guys see that uh, the Dimension Data Rider, I forget which one dropped out with a bunch of guys 20k to go in the e3 and got lost and ended up riding around for hours and he ended up just asking somebody how to get back to where the finish was and that guy was like oh it's over this way but come to my house took him to his house fed him let him take a shower gave him some spare clothes and then they called the team hotel <laughs> and the team i guess like didn't know where he was you know they uh. were like worried like he just disappeared
2: I'm I pretty, guess. You I don't had, bring your
1: phone with you, you know? You don't got your saddlebag. Yeah, I'm you're... pretty
2: sure that's how electric bikes are going to be allowed in the <laughs> in, uh, in racing. Well, I was a little bit lost, so, like, you know, like, I switched bikes with my teammate, little guy here, and uh, oh, oh, I, I get, took a I wrong turn, and then all of a sudden, it sounds like a really bad sequel to the movie Misery, where it's mm-hmm. like, it oh, come did, over here. It could have gone like, that way. Like, I'll take care of you, and then, like, all of a sudden, your knees are being broken. Pretty sure that's it did, why. It, it didn't w- end up like that.
1: Little guys' uh, request to be house host housing for Nature Valley Grand Prix teams gets denied every year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, you know how much I now, would hate to be host housing for Nature Valley Grand Prix. Dude, host but...
2: housing for the professional circuit would have to be one of the worst things ever. Because when mm. I was helping out with one of the teams of the Nature Valley Grand Prix, those like a lot of the racers. Because usually the teams that don't need the host housing are like the pro ones that have guys that understand like what they're doing as a job and why they are a representative. But the teams that need host housing tend to be full of the, the local Cat 1-2 jerk that thinks that he deserves everything for free. Like, what's my discount? Well, so it's like, oh, what kind of wheat thins do you have? I'm and then be- it's like, I'm and then be- they just start eating through your pantry.
1: I don't know if I agree with any of that. <laughs> I'm going to say probably a lot of the women's teams need host housing because they don't have the budget. Um, oh, they're totally fine. I'm just talking about men's racing. Okay. <laughs> All right. But uh, I'm also going to co- counter your your general point in saying that uh, host housing, the people who offer it up are, are pretty much... You know, especially in America. It probably doesn't happen in Europe. I don't know. Is host housing a thing in Europe? I don't think so.
0: It's it's a real professional sport in
2: Europe. Well, I think, no, I think there's just, like, bar owners that are like, hey, you can sweep the floor and we'll give you a free place to live for next week's race.
1: Maybe. Um, But, yeah, I don't know if professional cycling would continue to function in the way that we know it if there weren't people willing to, like, let eight stinky bike racers invade their home for a week, you know?
0: Well, no, probably not, which they're nice people the business model. I'm not saying
2: <laughs> yeah. that they're I'm not saying that they're the evil character from, uh, uh, you know, they're not Catherine Bates from uh, <laughs> from misery here.
0: No, anyone. who house is I'm
2: honest. just saying I would never offer it. And i like to think of myself as a decent person. Like, I don't know. You're not staying in my house.
0: Mm, I don't think I'm a decent. I swear too much for one. Yeah, I, I would. I've, I would color the, their little impressionable minds. Yeah.
1: So now, now I've, I've considered it every single year that the Nature Valley happens, and every single year I'm like, my house is way too small. Like I can't fit two extra people in here. Let well, alone. It is
2: nice that you still consider it, even when you them. live in Boston. Um, but let's get back to to Ghent guys. Like w- the story of all stories here. Is that Peter Sagan won in the World Championship stripes? Whoa, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, Himmy.
0: We're jumping straight to Ghent and Peter Sagan win. You don't want to talk about the E3 where he goes on the attack and loses in the sprint well, to Kwiatkowski?
2: I think I think we're, we were already talking about Ghent that we should just talk about Ghent and then we'll get E3. We'll wrap it up don't real quick. I we think we're actually talking about Ghent.
1: Okay, well, here's the thing. I'm going to break <laughs> this down for you. E3 happened, no one cares. Everyone Everyone
2: cares. It's a no great one really race. cares. No, it, it, it is. isn't. The only it reason is. I watched e three is because they redesigned their race poster and it wasn't some sexist okay. stuff. And now it's uh, you know it was a decent race and Kiwakowski won. And you're like, oh, and then he gave no. a great interview where he's like, I understand the pressure on now, Sagan.
1: Did you see? Speaking of the uh, sexist podium or sexist poster, uh, and this is the infamous podium that uh, Sagan is uh, well known for a few years ago. Did you notice his podium presentation, if you will, at, at that E3? Race? He was second yeah. again, and he was second the year the, that he pinched the bottom of the uh, of the podium hostess.
0: So I, this uh, year, yeah, go ahead.
1: This year he was second again, and he faced away, like, like to the side. Like he was like, I am hands by my side. I'm not doing anything. Like.
2: Like, kind of acknowledging that, like, yes, oh, this is where I was Absolutely acknowledging in. it and
1: being like, <laughs> I am on my P's and Q's a thousand percent. I, well, I think also
0: know. he was sort of feigning that, that he, he couldn't he couldn't look at the first place. You know, he was so pained to have another second place that no, he wouldn't, no, I don't he wouldn't think look that was at Kwiatkowski. That was totally the shtick on the podium.
1: No, it was, a, it was about the incident. That's way more famous than his second places. I guarantee you
0: nobody watching the race thought about the 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 pinching or like you 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 thought about everybody else thought like man Sagan got second again.
2: Well that was the thing, Sagan got second again to Kiwakowski and Kiwikowski gives the uh, the awesome interview afterwards where he's like yeah sorry. And they like escaped from thirty Ks out. I yeah, mean, that
0: was a, it. Was good. I mean, Sagan, despite and, and he, had until Boone that in, point, he had Boonen, he had everything, around. Cancellara
2: like it was kind of a, a pretty awesome race there. Well let's, and, let's talk
0: about Cancellara for a second because that was insane. He chased for oh, so long. after the flat.
2: And how about the 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 partial bike throw? Like, like he threw <laughs> it down, but you could see that he was like, "No, I'm an adult, and this is my yeah. last year. I'm going to graciously pick it up." Like yeah, he, could he picked see it the, up immediately. Like, picked it up immediately. Like, he's like, like, he really wanted to throw it, and then he was like, nope, I'm consular, Like, yep. they, they're going to the write All the cameras are on me. me.
0: Well, <laughs> so they did that, and then my favorite moment of the entire race, and it was a great race all around, though, is Cancellara sees his team car, just walks out into the middle of the road and puts his hand out and stops the Tinkoff car so that his car can stop. Just, like... <laughs> Screw the whole Peloton. Every team car is stopping. cancellara needs a bike. Just, just <laughs> doesn't care. Yeah, But, yeah, it's good stuff. obviously on some good form. Holy crap. Well, they wrote thought... him off on the commentary. They were just they like, did. Well, he's out. His race is
2: over. He chased for, like, 50K. It was nuts. And he caught him. And then, I mean, Boonen was there, too, which I thought was really cool. But Kiewikowski takes the win. Okay, fast forward to this next Sunday. Gent-Velgum, which we all care about. Sagan, coming off a second place, takes the win, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of cool things that were happening in that race that need to be addressed. The first off, 30Ks out, you have the, well, first you have the, the breakaway that goes, yep. and then uh, the counterattack started, what, 34K, little guys, when I called you, when uh, Kutsunov of Team Katusha attacks. Something like that, and yeah. that, a that good was move. That was a good move, and he stuck it out there, It was at 10 seconds for a while, then 15, and then all of a sudden it's at 30, and you're like, oh my god, Like he's probably not going to make it. But if some people bridge across, holy crap. I'm going to contend
1: that that was a bad move and he got lucky.
2: It d- mm. Well, but what do you expect from a guy that's on the how would you say that's leadout a bad train? Move. I thought it was a pretty good move. and he got I thought on the he should have
1: went and dangled more and got two more guys to go with him. Which you know, eventually those guys bridged across, and I was impressed that he was able to hang on at Lie that point. On. But I don't uh, know how it you looked can like say he
0: was going to any... puke
2: the entire time.
0: Yeah, like, he did. I don't know how any move that results in getting third a a
1: solo move off the front of get Wevelgum, which is flat for the last 35k in windy is a bad idea yeah
2: no i think it's a good idea because two
0: climbs left he knew people were gonna have to have to attack and have to try to bridge up and he would jump on it he did and he parlayed it into a podium it's probably gonna be the biggest result of his career
1: oh yeah which is amazing But he should have been with two other guys. He got the – no. See, Spencer, I think – Only
0: you could say that this guy fucked up when this guy went to the finish with Sepp number one.
1: So, little guy, what you're saying is if he was strong enough to do it by himself and get on the podium, if he didn't have two other guys, wouldn't he have been strong enough to win the race? No. Spencer, Spencer, you're being ridiculous here. It's like he he dangled –
2: this is my turn. He was out there. He dangled for a while. It wasn't like he was sitting at, like, they kept zooming back, and he was on those narrow cart paths, and the, the teams were like six, seven abreast, and he was dangling out there, and no one came across. And then finally, um, as someone said on Twitter, the first class arrived, and it was Sagan, Van Mark, and Cancellara, and that mm-hmm. guy hung out for dear life, and he got on the podium. And it was amazing. Not only that, he let out the sprint. And I think people were saying, like, you know, this guy's actually probably got a decent sprint because he's the Kristoff leadoff train. And you know what? That guy deserves a lot of credit. Now, I called Little Guy, and I said, Little Guy, how excited are you for Kutsunetsov, or as I said, Team Katusha guy? And uh, what was your response when I called you with 20K to go, Little Guy?
0: I said I I wasn't very excited because I don't trust anybody on Katusha. (laughs)
2: You, I think your response was, I don't care, he's on Katusha and he's a Russian I've never heard from, heard of.
0: Well, the thing is, and yeah, I'm being a total Eastern European racist here, <laughs> but occasionally you get these, like, Katusha guys or these Astana guys you've never heard. you never heard anything about them, never a, a, a blip anywhere. You've never seen them even on the results page. And then they pop off the front of a major race and you're like, what? How could this be? I don't is know. It- isn't that
1: oh, their it
0: job a as the no-name guy on the team, though? No, no, no. It's, it's, well, it's their job as the no-name guy to get, like, huge results? No, no it's, it's to just, pop off the so front, you know? Well, it's to pop off the front at a, at a moment like that. I like how pop we're using the, the word pop the <laughs> when talking yeah, about Katusha. Well, look, the he's, we on a rich, he's on a rich vein of form, <laughs> and he popped right off the front. And I can't think of any other. Well,
2: we right. could talk about the popping off of Peter Sagan's victory salute when he crosses yeah. the line.
0: That was great. <laughs> that whole race was great. But yeah, that that move is great because he was that dude was such a wild card. So at the end, he had no idea how fast he was going to be, how nah. much energy he'd use just to sit on the back of these like three beasts. That it had to be weird.
2: like winning the lottery, don't you think? Like. Wh- wh- what? I don't know what my reaction would be It'd be like, well, okay, I attacked out like an idiot. Because I'm kind of with Spencer. Definitely an idiotic move that I probably would have tried. Yeah. But it worked. And yeah, then all of a sudden you're like, look up and you've got, you're have got you surrounded by Sagan, Sep, and Fabian. And you're like, oh my god. Worst case scenario, I'm going to get fourth place again. Well, you yeah.
0: know that right as he saw them, he knew that he could just say, no, I can't pull. Yeah. Because
2: like if any
0: lesser move had come up, they would have been like making him making him and he did actually take a couple pulls he did yeah but anybody else would have been like waving the arm and trying to make him take pulls and he could have said no and they would have yelled at him cancellera sepp and sagan knew they got up there they all probably looked at each other said who's this guy he's gonna sit on the back isn't he and they <laughs> understood they were like you know what we are we are a different class of rider than you well it was not th- they, maybe you can't hang but like we understand that you're not going to take pulls so, uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: During that point, there was also the four-man, so it was like two team time trials, right? It was three and a half guys with uh, Team Katusha guy sitting on the wheel, and then you had the entire Quick Step team, because they missed the break, doing a team uh, time trial, man. and then they still couldn't even win the group sprint for fifth place.
0: Yeah, well, that's because DeMar is obviously it's true. also on the Rich Vena form, and... He didn't even take a toe from a car this time. The Italians couldn't even complain. So Ha There's mud in
2: your eye, Italians. Oh man. I thought it was a great race to watch. Um yeah. quickly, uh, Spencer, when you were watching the end there of those four, who mm-hmm. did you want to win there?
1: Uh I was kinda of pulling for uh for Kuznetsov, actually. I wanted him to attack a little further out, I thought, because of his time trial solo effort that he could do it again. You know, he had saddled long enough that if he went from like seven and a half K, he could maybe pull it off. And worst case scenario, like you said, he gets fourth. But, um, yeah, you know, like I, I'm always pulling for the underdog and, you know, had he not been there, Sagan would have been the underdog. Ironically in
2: his, I world think championship, was still the jersey. underdog.
0: Yeah. I was so worried that hey. he going to mess it up. <laughs> How about
2: you little guy? Who did you want to win?
0: Um, I don't even know if I could decide. I guess I really, I did kind of want Saga to win just because uh, it's just been too many second places. I was sick of it hearing uh, people complain about it. But man, it, how do you choose in that? You got the world champion. He's been mm-hmm. in, he's been in mm-hmm. every move in every bike race, but can't finish the deal. You got Cancellara in his last year on some great form. You want to see him win a couple more times. And you got Sepp, who's always the bridesmaid. Mm-hmm. And you know, all of Belgium was just like, please, Sep. Please, come on. And you just, you just knew it wasn't going to happen. And you have the had unknown Katusha guy. Totally. The like, unknown Russian
2: oh. guy. Yeah. It was so it, awesome. Like, every single second, all I, I, oh, it was great. And- it's
1: interesting seeing the big names like this at the front of Get Wemblegum at the end. Because, you know, it's only moved to a weekend race a few years ago. And historically has been that Wednesday in between paris and and Flanders and, uh, yeah, it was a little. It sporty. had a totally a like different doors. dynamic. It was like the second string guys always get to win Ghent, and now now we're seeing yeah. the first string. Yeah, it's,
0: and it the, does change it a lot. It, it makes Dwarves more of a Dwarves is now what Ghent used to be in terms yeah. of the, yeah. yeah second tier second tier classics. Now uh,
2: Ghent vogum was the first race I believe that we ever did like kind of the sixteenth place competition because I remember oh, we shit. talked about it on and remo mm-hmm. but. Um, who got Cone, 16th place? Cohn Decourt of Team Giant, and the only reason I bring this up is that in 15th place was Tiespanut, who I kind of <laughs> wanted Tiespanut just for the fact that he is a full time student um, yeah. right now, getting his master's degree, and the interview, the interviews I've read about him and heard on the cycling uh, podcast uh, uh, was was very interesting. It was um, a really good one. Now, well, he was
0: in the break earlier. He went in that move at like yeah. 50K. So he, and he still
2: got he still did pretty well.
0: And, yeah, he, uh he laid it out there.
2: GVA, Greg Van Amra, did get ninth place, and that should be uh, also mentioned as we get into um, kind of the lead-up to Flanders. Mm-hmm. Um, without a doubt, one of the things that uh, is cool about gent wevelgem is that it is also a um, big race for the Women's World Tour. And... You know, despite the pictures that we see all over of the podium uh, guys that show up at uh, Gent uh for the women's race, which is uh, fairly unique, we did have the continued domination of the Bulls um, team. Now, I wasn't able to watch a bunch of races of that race. I did see some of the highlights. Um, I don't think it was being broadcast as widely as the men's race. No. But once again, we did have a. Um, a pretty sweet race for the ladies with Chantel Block taking the win and Lucinda Brand Brand in third and Lisa Brunauer of Canyon Tram in second. So a great race but a minute and a half lead in victory for Chantel Block of probably the most dominant team in professional cycling right now. They have yet to lose a race on the women's world tour.
0: Yeah, maybe they can maybe they can do like a um, they could do sort of maybe like a little like a presentation or something for Quick Step. maybe <laughs> kind of give them maybe some pointers or something. Be like, yeah. okay, so it seems like you guys have all the ingredients, but you just keep screwing it up every week. The mm-hmm.
2: uh, the highlight they're, for
0: they're the they're like the equivalent of what Quip, Quick Step is supposed to be.
2: They're the equivalent of what my Mapei was at yeah, one point. I mean, at they're this completely dominating. And what's crazy is they have a different racer every week that seems to be winning. I mean, this is not like it's one, you know, it's not just the Marianne Voss story where Marianne Voss is just winning everything. Um, it is quite the, the setup. Carmen Small of Cervela Bigla did was the top place American with a very, um, respectable fifth place finish. And, uh, that's also huge news. So very exciting. And, uh, I think the world is screaming for a professional women's cycling podcast that, uh, uh, could help fill us in. So if you guys know of any, I would definitely be listening because I think that... There's uh, got to be one. I think this women's world tour uh, is, is, uh, is starting to, to move in the right direction where I'm, I'm finding myself extremely interested in what's happening out there. Um, and then the final race uh, to talk about was the Volta Catalunya, which Nairo Quintana wins with an impressive seven-second victory over Alberto Contador. And Spencer, who got third place... I have no idea. America's I mean, favorite cyclist.
0: Oh, Dan Martin!
2: Dan Martin, and of course Spencer fails this awesome lead-in, oh, where okay. we have America's favorite cyclist getting yeah. third place. Two things.
1: Did- two things about that. A. I don't care about the Vuelta de Catalunya or whatever what? it is, dude. This race was stacked. <laughs> was I don't stacked. give any shits about it at all. Sorry.
0: Hey, watch the line And
1: number would- two. You guys, Dan Martin's not American.
0: Wait, what is he?
2: I'm not sure, but he's not hey American. The, the, Did okay. you
0: see his stage win, though, Spencer? Look, look. <sighs> he, he had a pretty impressive stage
2: win. I think this is a pretty impressive um, top ten that we need to talk about here. First off, right. you have Nairo take the win over yeah. Contador. So Nairo takes it to Contador a little bit in the mountains. Spencer, you, I it's okay. I know it's an early season stage race, but... Daniel Martin gets third. And you have Richie Port. I'm sorry. In, in fourth.
1: Did you say stage race or training camp? I couldn't.
2: <laughs> you broke fifth the place plate for just a second. Fifth place, you have America's second favorite, but Slow Ride podcast favorite, TJ Van Garderen, in fifth place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. You have Roman Bardet getting sixth. You have that Team Katusha guy, Zacharin. Yep. In seventh, <laughs> uh-huh. Chris the eagle, Froome,
0: the Eagle of somewhere in Russia.
2: Chris Froome in eighth. Hugh. Carthy, never heard of him, but some British guy for Caja Rural, and then you had Rigoberto Uran in tenth place. This is pretty much the stacked like, if if you had to put a a rate like a, uh, you went to a, a tarot card reader and it was like, hey, who's going to be in the top ten of the tour? They could pretty much name those ten guys, and you would be like, yeah, that makes some sense. One guy, two guys we haven't really heard of, a French guy in like sixth place. Who's this sure, TJ TJ's guy? around fifth. Like it?
1: Dan Martin's not going to be there. Sorry, <laughs> he's
0: got into well, focus. A quick step, I think he's. he's maybe, maybe
1: too. in a two-week volta he would
2: be there, but not Ooh. in a three-week Tour de France.
0: Well, no, no, I agree, Tim. That's a that is a stacks. was public.
2: there, got seventeenth place. I mean,
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up and, with that man. I, and, I mean, something bad must have happened to him. At
2: this point, I need a segue into something that's really grinding my gears. Okay. I'm reading the results on ProCyclingStats.com, which I give my full thumbs up to because it doesn't slow down my computer. I don't get crazy pop-ups that happen all the time. I don't get warnings that Shockwave Flash isn't responding. I don't get all types of issues with ProCyclingStats.com. Fairly easy to find the full results. Every time I go to CyclingNews.com, I think that site... Needs a major revamp and go back to what it was when we first started watching cycling, when it was just like a link to the story. You don't want to story. go back
0: that far. You want to go back like <laughs> three years, but you don't want to go back to like, the
2: 2003 version. I can't open a page without it like blowing up the computer, yeah. having difficulty finding where the results are for a race. And I got to be honest, it's just kind of a frustrating experience. I don't know. Maybe you guys have better cycling websites for me, no, but cycling you news is kind of making me a little disappointed lately.
0: No, I'm I'm totally with you. I I have to run a script blocker so that I can open the freaking page. Same as you, it freezes up everything. There's a cooking ad that always pops up on the right hand side that drives me freaking nuts. And so, yeah, I agree. You can't find any results on there. Are you
1: guys saying this is your experience with CyclingNews.com is basically the same as your experience trying to find a pirate feed for a bike race?
0: No, that pirate feed for bike race was way easier. I went to YouTube, <laughs> I, I typed in Ghent live, yeah. and it popped up, and I clicked on it, and then I watched it, and I didn't have to do anything else. So, like, that was that was pretty simple. I don't have to. I don't have to like open the page and
2: then. So you're yeah you're no longer something. going to the dark webs to like close a bunch so, of uh, advertisements. I think Spencer, you're onto something here though. There's, there's like a great segue that first I want to address that. The worst part about the Cycling News website is the news is there and you know it's there. And it's this awesome oh, it's there cavern. Somewhere. It's a cave of news. And you're looking at it yeah. and you're like, oh my god, it's here. Like I could find so much information. But even when you <laughs> click on it, you still can't access it because there's something crazy going on. Or well, you open no. it up and then it's like results. And you click on results and then it's like, oh, the results aren't here, you idiot. They're on this yeah. link that's on the front page. And we just never created the target that goes back to this story that was written yeah. as an overview.
0: Well, I feel like it's kind of like... Remember playing Metroid back in the day? How you'd find mm-hmm. like an area you you could go into, but you didn't have like the key to unlock it or whatever. So you had to go back <laughs> really, <laughs> really far worst. on that map you'd drawn on a phone book. And you have to search it back. So you go back and like, I know the damn key things over here. And you'd have to go back like 20 minutes and then go back to the other spot. It's like that.
2: Yes, yeah, totally
0: like that. <laughs> and then at the Good end... Wish. The website takes off its so helmet, and it's a girl. The,
2: the pirate, the pirate <laughs> feed though, Spencer. What was great about that is uh, Derek Bouchard Hall tweeting about you mm-hmm. know Tyler <laughs> Farrar's appearance at Gen Belgium. That was and, a, an amazing beautiful. appearance because not mm-hmm. only is he on the front, but little guy. What does he do during he, his appearance?
0: He kept dipping his head down so that the camera could see his ponytail in a little bun. I'm pretty oh. sure. So some people would say he was putting his head down because he was on the front and he was trying to, like, drop – bring the gap down for Boston Hogan. So he's really, like, going hard and he was, like, gasping for air and it was hard. I think he was like, camera, ooh, look at the bun. Camera, <laughs> ooh, look at the bun. Like, he I, wanted America to know.
2: And when you, that, when you get that tweet from Derek Richard Hall and right then you're like, okay, now Derek told us on the interview that we did that he listens – or that he watches often because he's in Europe. Now, I don't know. Maybe he was in England over the weekend and he was able to watch. Yeah. But the odds of that consistently every weekend being over there, few and far between because he's a...
0: He could have a Cycling TV subscription. Who
2: has a Cycling.TV subscription?
0: Well, maybe because he's usually... He he spent a lot of time in the U.K., he has a cycling Nokia. He, he might
2: have one. He, he might
0: have might, one
1: from ten years ago that he hasn't been able to disconnect. Yeah, no, that's
0: probably true. He, he's no. like, you know, I might as well try to use it if they're going to charge me every month for it. I can't so, cancel it.
2: So I just like the idea that he is also watching on some pirate yeah. dark feeds yeah. from CyclingFans.com so, and, or SteepHill.tv.
1: And he appreciated the the man bun showing off from Tyler Furrow. No. And Who you doesn't? know, if if little guy's theory is correct. And, and that's it what is. he was actually doing. I think, I think we as America as a whole should say, Tyler, message received.
2: <laughs> and uh, I'm almost that, there, Tyler. I, I think uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back. We've got a ton of uh, listener questions and uh, a couple more things to uh, wrap up for the week. And thanks for listening to this Little Ride podcast. <laughs> I am Jake Wells. Listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right. We're back to the Slow Ride Podcast, and we are a proud member of the Wide Angle Podium Network, which you can go to wideanglepodium.com to learn more. Um, It's a collection of podcasts, Based around cycling which you can um support and some of our favorites include the crosshairs podcast where the recent interview with hop and haley um was mm-hmm. fantastic and you must listen all the way through because there is some great news that has dropped in there that uh i think uh kind of towards I the end yeah <laughs> yeah so go to wideanglepodium, uh, uh, dot com, right spencer
1: yeah wideanglepodium.com uh You can find our show, you can find the Honest Bicycle Program, Crosshairs Radio, and Kids Don't Follow there, and hopefully soon uh, more great shows as well. And most importantly, you can support our show there, because we don't hit you up with advertisements all the time, as you well know. 99 episodes in, yet to
2: make a dollar. So,
1: maybe toss one our way get you know to like, make
2: a dollar and we're still paying for hosting i think that yeah. that's the
1: <laughs> so you know what i did is i i am a supporter uh i went in and i donated uh a monthly recurring donation there at wide angle podium to support all the shows um you know so that's you know because i do i listen to all those shows all the time and they get me through my work day so i figure I th- it's worth five bucks a month
2: Yeah, you know that's one less beer for me. So uh, I think I could probably pull this off. And uh, once again, we're proud uh, members of the of the Slow Ride uh, the Slow Ride Podcast. Proud member of the Wide Angle Podium. And again, we we do have some listener questions and emails um, that were sent out on Twitter. And the first one I want to get is um, we we put out the call for some quick, rapid fire Twitter questions, and we did Mm -hmm. get quite a few. And the first one is, "Hey, opinions wanted." Amateur cyclist decked out in full pro team kit, hot or not, or is it a faux pas? And that well, comes from Jason Eights Aitz of Eights at Eights on Twitter. Bad. Well, we got. I think that depends. That. It does depend. I, we have an expert here on this situation. I am a proud member of the wearing full decked out pro well, kit right and now. And
0: so is Spencer. He's got. Yeah. he's got some I, full kits too. I, I'm the I only one without a full kit.
2: I no. think it's okay from an amateur scene. Now, don't show up to a bike race and do it. But if you're going on the local group ride and you want to support your favorite team or you want to support your favorite rider, absolutely. I have been known to wear a full Movistar kit mm-hmm. with matching socks. I have the full <laughs> LiquiGas Danilo Deluca Pink Leaders kit yeah, from the Giro, which that is, that a is one maybe the worst line. worst kit I've ever seen. Which in my is life. a favorite. That one may be making its appearance <laughs> soon. Here in Orlando, uh,
1: uh-huh. yeah. Um, well, I uh, I definitely have come out to play in the full Credit Agricole kit, um, and I, I had a CSC kit for a while, but it has uh, since disintegrated. So,
2: I oh, just I, like I team. so one of my notes, guys, that I wrote down. So, like I throughout the week, I write down on like basically an index card and keep it in like kind of a wallet of things I want to talk about on the podcast. Is that in this past week on the uh, the Sunday morning uh, ride? A guy showed up in a full Vini Frantini kit, um, nice. amazing. The, it, the, the it, floral yellow? No, no, no. The the new one that's like fairly stylized. That it's not the full floral yellow, mm. where it's. Is he oh, riding man,
0: a De Rosa too, or something?
2: He didn't have a Dorosa. Oh, he, he had to be riding a Cipollini. I wish there was a Dorosa on it, but I think he's Italian. He had a full beard, and I was still a little too nope. embarrassed to go no. talk to him. Not Italian. Oh, I think so, because I, no, I heard I think, the accent, ooh, the and I was like, so I <laughs> was too in awe of a guy wearing a Vini Frantini <laughs> kit, but there's <laughs> no nice. way just a regular American so, would wear that. It was so fashionable, what you're saying and it is was beautiful. Hot. It was pretty amazing. I was What's like, right. I saw him kind of go so, off the front, and I went with him for a little bit, and then I probably was dropped, but I was like, probably, you know man. what, respect. <laughs> And I was so, in a I was in a Belgian kit because I was paying uh, homage to the the Belgian scene after the terrorist attacks. I had the cock of Walloon um, kit, uh, but I think that the uh, just because the whole Belgian uh, the Lion of Flanders thing I think is a little played out. So I think you oh, got to go the other yeah. side. But uh, I am all about it.
1: So we had a follow up sort of uh, tangent question to this about about pro cycling kits uh, on Twitter as well from uh, Greg who uh, who wants to know. Was it okay to shout Vino forever at, uh, at a cat sixes a cat sixes in full astonicits riding in the bike path?
0: Oh, oh fuck yeah. Heck yeah. Not <laughs> oh, only heck yeah. heck yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh,
2: little guy. Why don't you tell why you think it's okay, and then I'll uh, I'll, I'll see if you hit all the points.
0: Because what kind of person would wear an Astana kit if you didn't want to be made fun of?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I think I don't think no, there's that's the a fun. Good point. <laughs> no. See, here's the thing. I think that it's not the made fun of. I think people could see someone wearing a, a full Astana kit on the uh, path, and someone says "Vino forever." And they're like, "Hey, I do like wine." <laughs> Because the person that's going to be wearing that I, is the guy that's also taking the the winery tours in wine country of California, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's totally. like, oh, you know, and he's probably doing the trek travel thing, and he's like, yeah, I'm in the <laughs> Forrestana kit, and it's totally appropriate. I think that yeah. this is, uh, I, I thought it was a great question when I saw that. I definitely laughed out loud. So great quick uh, kit questions that I think... Uh, I, Did somebody I actually one...
0: see an Astana kit? I've never seen a full Astana. Oh, oh, I have. Yeah. Oh yeah, really? during yeah.
2: the lan- Oh, during the Lance days. For oh sure. yeah. Everybody well, okay,
0: them. maybe during the Lance days. But I'm talking like a new baby blue Astana. But they all look the same, blue. little guy. No, they they all, don't. They're all baby they're different. Blue. Lance Day ones are different.
1: Eh, I'm gonna sum good. this up, and just look say: anytime up. you see anyone in a full head to toe professional World Tour team kit, you should shout Vino forever at them. Can I sum this up?
0: If anybody out there has a full castorama kit, medium or smaller, <laughs> I will pay you good money for that kit.
1: I, uh, right. so, uh, Tim, Spencer, Tim do it, you want to sum this up as well?
2: Well, to sum it up, I'm a big fan of anybody wearing a full pro team kit. I think more people should do it because I think it's awesome and it gives the full respect. The question is, what teams are allowable and what are not? The uh, Astana question is a little like, I personally would not like to ride with someone that is wearing a full Astana kit, but if they did, I would just say something like, "Hey, nice kit, but next time, you know, have a little bit of class, like the Vini Whoa, Frantini really? kit,
0: wow. or
2: or like, ooh, you class. know, like, Says you know the what? guy
1: in the pink liquid gas kit, <laughs> dude, that is yeah.
2: full, full, full <laughs> class because it's Danilo Deluca and uh, it is the Giro. Oh winner. yeah, full class. So full
0: class.
2: I think that you know, I've also got the full NetApp. Um, kit from their mm-hmm. tour season when Leopold Koenig, remember him, got 7th overall on the tour. Wow, that's yeah. a deep cut. So I think that there are a lot of good kits out there. I think a, a good kit for someone to get right now, considering the circumstances, to pay full uh, full homage would be the Wanty kit. Oh, yeah. I think that something like that would be a appropriate uh, ride. Now, here's the thing, is that if you're going to get a, a team kit... You gotta do your best to have the matching helmet or matching full because you can't, you know, wear the um, the Lotto Jumbo kit right with the yellow bouncing balls. Which, by the way, if you get that kit, probably don't want to ride with you. And then if you have a red (laughs) helmet, right? Like you can't. So if you've got a black helmet, then you can pretty much wear any kit that's out there. Yeah. Um, Try to go with the matching socks if you can. But uh, so, so, little guy, if there's a pro tour team right now. So you can't say Castorama. That okay. you wanted to wear that, like you had to wear their kit. So you opened up your closet, and there's the 16 pro tour teams. What mm-hmm. kit would you wear on your ride? Uh, AG2R. AG2R. Wow. Okay. Wow.
0: Wow. man, FDJ.
2: They're not pro tour, so yeah, they are. A- Oh, they are? Okay, yeah, so no, AG2R, are. though, would if actually... I'm going to stay with AG2R. So the reason, little guy, AG2R would work perfectly for you is because you probably already have shorts that look like they're faded to brown in your closet, so you really <laughs> only need the jersey. I,
0: this is the thing, though. There was an AG2R jersey at the swap, and I didn't buy it. What? Mostly because... Send I didn't, that to me! I didn't want to find shorts. You know, like, mm. And I didn't want to wear that with black shorts. I have black <sighs> shorts, but it's not right. You need to wear that with the brown shorts. Some kits, it'd be fine to wear the jersey with black shorts, but that one... No, you have to wear the, the brown. brown shorts. Yeah. So it's not it's the old,
2: incomplete. old AG2R jersey before no, they went No, it was, it was a kit. newer one. Uh, Spencer, what pro tour team would you wear their kit proudly?
1: Oh, man. I would wear the Quick Step kit. Even though they've been sucking it up this spring, oh, they means... are... the You know, they're just it, the team. It is kind of it's the... It's the team
2: to wear. Yeah. It is the deep cut kind of team, but it's definitely like the, um, or not deep cut, sorry, but it's definitely like the indie rock team, right? Like no one, like an Estada guy is not going to be wearing it. Like, like my, uh, my dad, listener of the podcast is not going to be wearing a quick step kit. Although now I'm sure he's going to go out and buy one, which he should. Um, but I think that they, he'd probably be wearing more of like the Trek factory racing kit or the BMC kit. Whereas quick step, then it's like, Oh, you know, maybe you're one of us now.
1: Yeah, and see the the other thing about it is is I'm about six one, and I've got the same build as like every single person on Quickstep, so I'd fit right in. Nobody would know if I wasn't actually a Quickstep rider <sighs> until, oh,
2: until the okay. race started. Thank you and, for the uh, caveat. And at then the I got cafe, dropped at the uh, cafe. Maybe you could pull it off. Oh like, yeah, be like, yeah, I'm like the, the when, double
1: when I <laughs> when I order a dopio and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> you know.
2: so maybe um. A couple more questions. Waving at the other leather-wearing folks on two wheels, aka motorcycles. Yay or nay when you're on a gr- when you're on a ride? This question comes from Jeremy Katz at Cat Cats J. I am a big fan of waving at motorcycles, especially if Yay. there's a big group and oh, they don't yeah. look like they're going to oh, yeah. kill me.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> I think I've uh, I got one little waving thing to tell you guys. I went down to the river bottoms the other day. I was actually down there last Tuesday, and I was down there Saturday. I saw mountain bikers, cross bikers, runners, fat bikers. Cross riders, can't say hello, all a bunch of jerks. Mountain bikers, <laughs> can't say hello, all a bunch of jerks. Even when I move out of the way, because you guys know it's a thin one-way trail. Yeah. Um, fat bikers, friendly hello from every single one. And walkers and runners, a friendly
2: hello from every single one. Huh. So so cyclocrossers did not wave?
0: no. No, no wave, no hello, no anything. Even mm. when I I moved out of the way for mountain bikers, bike, nothing. Okay, of jerks. Are fat you bikes? judging? What about <laughs> plus <laughs> size <laughs> what? Fat what Dude, bikes? What? What
2: about
1: he, like, he went through all of this already?
2: Yeah, but what about plus size mountain bikes? Like, I mean, how? Like, what? At what point is it a fat bike versus like a twenty nine plus? These were fat
0: bikes. Trust oh, okay. me, they were fat bikes. That's an I'm interesting
2: interesting thing. Now, do you think? Wow. So, do you wave at all motorcycles, Logan? Like if they're riding by themselves, crotch rocket, like kind of Fast and Furious kind of guy, he's like doing a stoppy, or are you? Uh... Stop, stop. Are they called stoppies? I think that's when you're on the front wheel, right? Isn't that? Like yeah, the... yeah. They I think I think
1: there's a time and place for for waving at motorcycles. I think most of the time that I've I've I have done this, waved at them, they've they've waved back. I don't do it like in the city or whatever, but when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Like, on a real good road, like, it's kind of twisty yeah. and, like, has that tree canopy and you're like, yeah, this is the road I'm, I'm, you know, this is a great road to ride. It's usually where you see motorcycles, right? Because they're out there doing the same thing, looking for the same kind of roads. Yeah. And you give them a wave and they know, they know what's up and they give you that wave back. Because they give you that little
2: motorcycle wave, too, that yeah. Jordan Cullen from, was talking about. like this, Down to the side, yeah. You know, from the... So here's the question. Do you ever regret waving at a motorcycle? Because sometimes I do, like, when I wave, and then I'm like, oh, it's just a bunch of Gold Wings. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, no, those, I, wave, I the sp- best.
0: only wave at Gold Wings, dude. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Uh, All that storage capacity, and not to mention the radio.
2: Yeah, the, the <laughs> Gold Wing radio is usually loud enough to, you know.
1: Yeah, you hear that for a couple <laughs> miles after they have gone by you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the you only motorcycle on I think classic rock the only motorcycle I think I never waved at was the motorcycle at the velodrome that we all have uh, sat behind for many a lap uh-huh. that uh, Bob that hasn't been registered with the state of Minnesota since like <laughs> 1995. Yeah, and uh, yeah. we've sucked in lots of fumes behind that Honda. Uh, what was it like a 200cc? <laughs> no, you remember? Uh,
1: you remember when Dave crashed it off of the velodrome? <laughs> I do yeah. remember that. Yes, that was, that was great.
0: That was, that, was that was scary for a second. I was, it was really scary. worried he was hurt. I'm Glad he was okay. <laughs> yeah, he was fine. But man, I was. That would just yeah, would have been sad and stupid. Uh,
2: at M Ryan Martin hits us up on Twitter. Hey, can an on-point sock game equalize a lack of shaved legs, especially in early-season training rides? No, no, my answer is no, like socks cannot make up for a lack of, uh, no, in fact,
1: in fact, I would, I would say you'd get negative points for even trying to cover it up. I say, if you're going to go hairy, you know, go full saga and and just do it, but just wear the ankle socks and be like, screw you guys, screw your rules, whatever season starts when I say it does and then show up, you know, with the sock game and the shave game on point all at once. And people know, "Uh Oh, he means business.
0: Uh-oh. He means to look business, but he still He means sucks. to look
1: business. Look at that Six. quick step kit. He's I'm in slow. trouble.
0: Oh, oh, never mind. I'm
2: not in trouble. There he goes.
1: There he's gone. <laughs> yep, exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't oh, know. We'd like to thank all the listeners uh, for those great questions and tweets. And, of course, you can always email us at the theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at the slow ride Pod. Dot mm-hmm. .com and the other big news in Twitter land, which is where most of the things happening and little guy will be getting on our Twitter feed pretty soon really excited about that Dude
0: I tried to figure that out I had no success All right
2: little guy we'll walk you through <laughs> it right. and then uh, <laughs> and then all three of us will be on the Twitter feed and you'll never know who wrote, who writes the the different things and Yeah Couple isn't? couple of quick things that that we do have notes on that we're not going to be able to get into fully but I think should be mentioned is guys When the team Katusha rider was in the breakaway, the whole thing I kept thinking about was the pending launch of the Katusha clothing line that will be released at the tour of – or at uh, Flanders Mm -hmm. um, in the uh, coming days, weeks.
1: I can safely say I would never thought of that once. Oh,
2: man. That Katusha line is going to take the world by storm. And then we also had uh, Dan Worry on Twitter with his massive unblocking campaign, and he put out the stats that Lance Armstrong unblocked something like 11 different people. Um, and Not me. <laughs> did you put in a request? No. <laughs> ah, well, neither did I. But uh, lots of people were putting in requests, and then also Johan Brunel And a great thing on trying to get people to unblock, and it was a uh, a, a pretty successful thing. And every uh, Easter, I think it's, what, two years in a row now, where he kind of, like, just uh, fills up your feed, but you start to see people trying to, you know, unblock. But it doesn't look like many people were successful in getting Olag Tinkoff to unblock them, which is kind of surprising. Because you think Tinkoff would just not block anybody and just, like, buy their Twitter account from them if they wanted to get rid of it.
0: I don't think he has any money anymore.
2: Yeah. I think Sagan
0: not. has all his money now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we uh, say goodbye and we prepare for our mega episode 100th episode no. of the Slow Ride Podcast? I mean, we've,
0: I've got to go start blowing up the balloons and stuff, so I think mm-hmm. we should probably cut this one a little short. So I can, And i got to hang the streamers.
2: Mm-hmm. Hang the streamers? Uh, yeah. We're excited for our 100th episode, and guys, I would have never imagined that we made it this far, and we still continue to have so many listeners on the new Wide Angle Podium Network
0: mm-hmm. and
2: all of our continued listeners throughout. Um, we've had some great interviews in these uh, 100 episodes, and maybe next week we'll be able to talk about some of our favorite moments and whatnot. Um, oh, is this
0: going to be like a, like a 100th episode of a sitcom where it's we sit around – and then we're all oh, talking and like oh do you remember that time Adam Myerson was here and you'll go oh yeah i think i remember that and then and then it'll be like a little bit of the myerson one and then we'll yeah. be like wow that was a great time you know what well let's cut to a commercial i
2: think this is a great idea people be- People
1: are going to have to tune in to find out if that happens or not. That's, yeah. that's
2: Will there just... be streamers? Will there be balloons? We'll, maybe we'll talk it's about who nice. our favorite interviews were on the Slow Ride Podcast. Because there's some real hidden gems that we've had on the uh, podcast that I think after people listen to them, they're like, you know, that was a really good interview. Yeah. You're talking
1: about Results Boy, aren't you?
2: No, I'm talking about Thaddeus Bellwether, who I no. think is everyone's favorite interview. See, I on was the Slow Ride in, Podcast. I, was just,
0: I wasn't there for Results Boy, so I don't. This is the one I missed. So, so I don't know if it was good or not.
2: Well, with that, we'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, our 99th episode on the Wide Angled Podium Network. You can also find us at the SlowridePodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. And on Twitter, where most of the action is happening, if you want your finger on the pulse, it's definitely by following us at the Slow Ride Pod. I'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for his intro and outro music. We'd like to thank everyone that listens and most importantly our biggest advice to any of you would be to wave to your fellow cyclists and when you're not waving at them you're waving at the motorcycles Mm -hmm. but we also want to remind you to work together
0: yes yep do all those things and if you see me on the trail say something or i'm going to
2: hate you forever (laughs) get off the road and then wave
0: yeah get off the road get on the trail and then be friendly I
1: mean, maybe you were... Were you wearing an Astana kit, little guy? The Slow Ride
0: Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at The Slow Ride pod.